Thanks for joining me for another episode of Business and Legal Q&A Live. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, and today is July 21st, 2015. We are going to be checking out a question from Tony B. from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and his question deals with starting up a franchise and partnership issues. So there's a, sort of a multifaceted question that we're going to get to here, but before we do, I just want to remind everybody to uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you're notified when new videos are posted. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and check out everything that we have to offer on utlradio.com. We have just recently revamped the site. We are constantly adding content. We're going to be adding merchandise and other things that you might uh, be interested in and some of the things that, that we have actually received requests for like uh, t-shirts and things of that nature. But we're also going to be putting out some uh, informational content that's going to help you handle some of your business and legal matters on your own. So check that out as we launch the new utlradio.com. And I also want to thank everybody who is a regular, who subscribes and who follows and, and who's a fan of the show. It From the bottom of my heart, it really means so much to know that you guys appreciate what I'm doing here and you're getting something from it. And I want to thank you, uh, truly thank you for, for being a fan of the show. All right, now let's get to today's question. And today's question is, again, from Tony from Harrisburg. And Tony says, I'm buying a restaurant franchise. I planned on doing it alone, but was approached by a friend who offered to become a partner. Now he wants to know what are the pros and cons of having a partner and how does it change my business? All right, so let's first talk about what Tony's doing. He's opening up a franchise. So when you purchase a franchise, the way that it's typically done is through a franchise agreement. So you're going to go to the company that's offering the franchise and they're going to provide you with documentation and a whole slew of things. We're not going to get into the franchise discussion right now, but primarily they're going to show you what their value is, why you want to become a franchisee, and then they're going to give you a, a franchise agreement and you're going to have to sign that agreement and that agreement is either between you and the franchisor or you, your partners, and the franchisor. So in other words, when you sign a franchise agreement, they typically want to know who is part of this agreement. Is it you as an individual or sole proprietor? Is it you as an LLC or a company? Or is it you as a partnership? And we don't know um, from Tony's question how his business is set up. But I, I talk about this franchise agreement because... If he is uh, buying a restaurant franchise, we don't know if he's already signed the franchise agreement, and that could have an impact on what he's doing with this potential partner. So this is kind of a side note. You have to be aware that when you sign a franchise agreement, 
you have to, to sign it the proper way. Sign it through your LLC, sign it through your corporation, through your partnership. Um, but we're going to talk about franchise issues and personal guarantees on another segment. I don't want to get too far afield, but I just wanted to kind of set the groundwork. Okay. So he's buying this restaurant business and let's assume that uh, he has reviewed everything. He's received the franchise agreement and it's just him. It's just Tony. And now he's all set, ready to go. And his friend says, look, I'd like to go in on this with you and become a partner. So his question, his main question is, how is it going to change the dynamic and what are the pros and the cons? So first of all, if you've signed the franchise agreement, maybe you can't negotiate a re-signing with now a partner. That's something you've got to be aware of. Maybe the franchisor says, no, I didn't contemplate a partner. I didn't contemplate another business model. It was an agreement with you. So keep that in mind. Second thing. Now, the obvious here is that when you have a partner, you have to share responsibility and liability. So having a partner does have pros and cons, but let's let's go through the cons first, then we'll get to the pros. I'm always a uh, the glass is half empty kind of guy. All right, no, I'm just kidding. But let's look at the the cons first because sometimes when you hear all the good things about it, you don't focus on the negatives. And I need to be as objective as possible with this discussion and go through what the negatives could be. So, a when you have a partner, you're splitting profits. So profit that comes into the business, you're going to be splitting that. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, it just increases the dynamic. And sometimes, you know, the old saying, too many chefs in the, in the, too many cooks in the kitchen, could be the same type thing that you have to at least be aware of, where you now have a partner who has their own opinion, their own ideas, their own ideas on marketing or promotion or what should be done at the restaurant, what shouldn't be done. You have to understand that now you've got a different dynamic because it's not just you and what you want to do, it's what you and your partner agree to do. So be aware of that. The other thing with partnerships is that it is going to generate, if you're setting it up properly, some initial or additional paperwork at the initial stages. You need to have a partnership agreement. And again, not going to get in off, off topic on the partnership agreements, but you need to have something in writing that spells out the duties and obligations of each partner, how much money you're going to get, when you're going to get paid, what happens if you have to put money, your own personal money in, what happens if a partner wants to leave. All of these issues need to be addressed in this partnership agreement. So the idea of creating now a partnership agreement is just another piece of paper that you have to have to deal with. The other con, if you want to call it that, of having a partner is that um, you are giving up control of the decision-making process. You're giving up control of your individual vision. And this is slightly different than what I was talking about a few minutes ago, changing the dynamic. I'm not talking about the interpersonal dynamic here. What I'm talking about is you giving up what your vision was because now you have to compromise and get along with your partner and it becomes that different dynamic that we were talking about. But, you know, just this idea of it's no longer you. Okay. Now, 
those are, are some of the negatives. Some of the other negatives, they're more like what ifs, but what if your partner no longer wants to be involved? What if your partner does something to create liability? You know, it's now not just you who runs the risk of creating liability. You've got another person. What if your partner wants to bring in other people? All of these different these these different down the road scenarios. These are things that you have to contemplate, but that's primarily what you have the partnership agreement for. What are the pros? Well, the pros are that you've got two people. And so now you can bounce ideas off of people. This person that you're going to be bouncing ideas off of has a vested interest in your business because they're going to profit from it as well or not profit if you're not running it right. You also can spread around the workload. So instead of it just being you wearing all these different hats or having to bring in employees who might not have a truly vested interest in what you're doing. Yes, they get a paycheck, but do they really care about the success of your restaurant, your business? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, if you do find those employees, you hold on to them because those are the ones you want. But with a partner, you know, you, you're you on the same playing field because you both want the same thing. You both want the business to succeed. So that's another pro. Um, another, yet another pro is the fact that now you may have, depending upon your financial situation, you may have another stream of revenue in the event that you need it. You might not have to go to the bank and ask for a loan because maybe your partner and you can shoulder the financial burden together. So those are the pros. Then we talked about the cons. You have to understand with partnerships that when you go into a partnership, you're generally on great terms with this person, right? You've connected, you've had this kumbaya moment, and now you're ready to go into business together. Things inevitably happen in business. Even if you're just a sole proprietor, things might be going great and then something happens, you know, and it hits the fan and now you don't know what to do. You don't want to do this anymore. You wish you had never started this business and you go through all this roller coaster of emotion. And, um, you know, now you have a partner that you have to sort of do it with. Um, you know, it's, it's tough because while you start off on a positive foot, everything's going great. You love each other. Things happen. And when those downtimes, right, those valleys, not the peaks, but those valleys happen, it often can create stress on your partner or your partnership relationship with each other and cause tension, right, to say the least. Now, that, that's not all the time, but you have to be aware of that issue, that, that it happens. And so now you've got to focus in on the fact that, all right, you're going to have these tough times. How are you going to deal with it? How are you going to limit the amount of stress and tension? You know, it's bad enough as a sole proprietor if you're thinking to yourself, where's my, neck, my next uh, you know, paycheck going to come from? How am I going to support my family? Now there's two of you saying the same thing. And you're going to feed off of that negative energy with each other. All right. Again, this is a negative spin on what we're talking about because I don't want you to get so caught up in the positive because, look, having a partner can be a great thing. Um, I, I was involved in, in various um, companies where I was a partner and it was it was positive for the most part. 
you know, and then things start to to degrade. Now, I've represented a lot of people who were in partnerships where things went south, and it primarily went south over two things. One, as you could probably guess, is money, and two, decision-making. So, you know, obviously the number one reason that you're going to have a partnership issue is, is, is money. That's, you know, what do they, they say? Money's the root of all evil, right? So that's the number one. Number two is is kind of executive control or the decision-making process. And oftentimes you have this vision and you want to do it your way and now your partner's saying no and you, you have this conflict. So I'll give you some examples of real-world issues with partners. Uh, there was a, uh, a person who had a business. They were an organic online health food store. And the partner wanted to branch off into a brick-and-mortar store. And obviously, as you can imagine, having a brick-and-mortar, a physical location, there's a lot more uh, involved. A lot more money is, there's a lot more liability. So there's a whole host of new issues that arise with having a brick-and-mortar storefront. And the partner didn't want to, to, to take that chance. They didn't want to make that investment. They wanted to just stay with an online business. And as you can imagine, over time, you know, the one partner is saying, if we had a brick and mortar, we'd be making so much more. We're not doing what we should be doing on the online. And all this tension starts to mount. And then ultimately it comes back to money. You're not, you know, pulling your weight. We're not making enough money because of you. So those two key factors, money and administrative control or executive control, they, they both came into play in that, you know, in that case. And ultimately, they had no partnership agreement. So now it's this battle and then they end up suing each other. And it's just such an unfortunate chain of events because once really good friends end up bitter enemies and there's no partnership agreement to guide them and it was just a nightmare. So um, you have to be aware of that negative. And now let's talk about the positive way to resolve your inevitably negative issues that are going to come out of a partnership agreement or a partnership. There's just no way. There's no way it's going to be unicorns and rainbows every day. It's not going to happen. But you can do things up front to sort of pave the way for a continued positive relationship. And the number one thing that you can do is, is the partnership agreement. When you guys are on good terms, you sit down and you work out the details. Here's what happens if one of us no longer wants to be in this partnership um, or this company. Here's what happens if we run out of money. Here's what happens if I need to get a new job. Here's what happens if, here's what happens if, so on and so forth. And by laying that all out when you're on positive terms, you have now forged this roadmap and you both are aware of what the obligations, duties, and responsibilities of each other are. It's great, okay? And believe it or not, it's it sounds like, oh, well, we can do that later. You can't do that later. If you're really serious about having a positive relationship with your partner, you have to do that. You've got to do it right up front. So that's number one. Number two is in conjunction with your partnership agreement, whether your state requires that your entity have an operating agreement or not is an individual issue. You have to go and either talk to a lawyer in your state or you have to look up the rules and find out whether or not if you're an LLC, for example, you're required to have an operating agreement or similar bylaws, you know, whatever it might be in your state. 
Even if you don't, I strongly suggest that you put together some form of operating agreement. It doesn't need to be a big formal thing. It could just be a meeting that you and your partner have and you spell out the duties that each of you are going to undertake and you write it down in a notebook. I mean, it's as simple as that, again, unless your state requires it. But this is different than a partnership agreement. A partnership agreement is really going to focus on finances and um, you know, sort of separating from the entity, separating from the partnership, and, and what is expected from financial contributions, how you're going to get paid, that sort of thing. An operating agreement is more of a hands-on sort of, of manual or, or outline of what your individual tasks and responsibilities are going to be on a day-to-day basis. And that way you can lay out, look, you know, here we've got you know, um, Tony opening a restaurant. We could very easily have Tony and his partner figure out who is going to handle the hiring, who's going to handle the purchasing, who's going to handle the customers, who's going to handle the design. And you lay out these these uh, paths that you're going to take. You lay out what it is that you're going to do in the operating agreement. Those two steps, the partnership agreement and the operating agreement, will save your partnership if it was meant to be. I can't give you a percentage. I can't tell you how how much of a, a better chance you'll have, but I can tell you from my own experience that when you don't have those two key pieces, you are going to, if you start to have problems with the, the partnership, you're going to end up spending a lot of money, time, frustration, and most likely will be involved in some form of litigation because you didn't have these things written out in the first place. So I strongly encourage people to to do these things up front put that time in on the front end because it's going to save you so much in 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 the way of money and frustration and time on the back end so don't wait for something to happen before you do something about it be proactive figure out what it is that you guys are going to do and then that's going to really like i said pave the way for the relationship to flourish down the road and then if there's a dispute which again in my pessimistic uh, point of view, will happen, not might, but will happen. Now you can go and look at the agreements that you've put together, and you've got a roadmap, and you'll, you have a clear understanding of what it is that you were supposed to be doing. And that's going to save the relationship, in my opinion. You know, again, it comes down to honesty with yourself and with your partner, and clarity, and that honesty and clarity comes out in these agreements, in these documents. It's going to help you understand what you're supposed to be doing, what your obligations are. And that's that's really, for me, that's the best advice that I could give someone who is contemplating having a partner. You have to understand you're going to have potential problems. You're going to have disagreements. You're going to have um, you know, financial problems unless you are you know, in that 1% of businesses that are, that are opening where you never have any financial issues, you never have to, to cut your staff or lay someone off because you're just making a ton of money. Well, th- you know, God bless you because that's not how it is for most businesses. Most businesses are going to have a period of time where they're going to struggle a bit. And, and struggle is sort of a, a subjective term. 
maybe for some people it's not bringing in $40,000 a month and for others it's not making 10,000 a month you know it, it's it varies it's subjective but you know just understand that that is a a dynamic that you're going to have to deal with so you know my advice to to Tony is this sit down Tony and have a real heart to heart with this this friend of yours and find out how committed this friend is. Find out if you're on the same wavelength. Find out if you have the same vision. Because if you don't have the same vision from the beginning, then that probably doesn't bode well for your future together. You know, when you're selecting a partner, you want somebody who has the same idea, the same outlook. All right, obviously, having a partner her and sitting down with them and saying, what do you want out of this? And they say money, and you say money too, because, oh, isn't that why we're doing this? Um, of course they want to make money. That's not really connecting on the same wavelength. What I'm talking about is deciding, do we have the same values? Do we have the same core beliefs? Do we believe that this is how we manage our business or our restaurant? Do we believe in the training philosophy? What are our, our ethical sort of boundaries is this guy somebody that would push the envelope and maybe do things that are borderline gray area that i would just be so offended by so you have to have this honest heart-to-heart discussion right from the beginning and find out if you have the same values as this potential partner and if you do then you explore that further well, what's your vision? How do you propose we implement this? What is your um, projected outcome? What do you want from this? What do you want from this relationship? What do you want from this business? And talk about that before before you, you take that next step and, and you say, all right, let's do it. So I don't think having a partner is a bad thing. I think if you have the right partner, you could probably do a lot more together than you can on your own. If you have the wrong partner, then you're going to wish that you, you know, kept your day job because it's going to be bad. And and I can't, you know, I can't impress upon you enough the importance of making sure that you have selected the right person, that you have um, really been honest with each other and, and just, you know, are, are connecting. You're there, right? You both see this vision because if, if you don't, bad, bad things happen. You know, oftentimes to personality issues, if you have a potential partner and your personalities just don't mesh, you know, that's a, a recipe for disaster. On, on a different note, having a partner who has different skills and abilities than you is a wonderful thing because now you're going to bring more of a three-dimensional dynamic to the table. You've got skill sets and and your partner has skill sets that you don't and you're going to round each other out. So that's a positive. But just be aware that the personality conflict is an issue. If you are a type A, high-strung, aggressive personality and you're dealing with another type A maybe you, you're not going to mesh. So you've got to really be honest with yourself and each other. Just because, Tony, somebody says, I want to be your partner, does not mean you need to accept them. Doesn't mean you need to, to feel pressured into saying yes. This was your idea. This was your business. This was your vision. If this person that wants to be a partner can bring something to the table and shares your vision, then go for it. 
so long as you take those steps that we talked about. But if you know right off the bat that you're not clicking and you don't have the same values, the same beliefs, the same desires, the same goals, then, hey, just stop it right now because you're going to be sorry. Sorry that you got involved in a partnership, okay? But again, there are pros, there are cons, and as long as you approach this from a very scientific uh, approach, a very Sherlock Holmes type investigation that you conduct, what you know? What does your your potential partner feel about your business and your beliefs and, and values? You could be s- extremely successful and maybe more successful with a partner than without. Um, you know, other factors can that, that you have to consider goes back to what I said initially about money. You're going to be sharing money with this person. You're going to be sharing revenue. You're going to be sharing liability too, which is um, it can be good and bad. On the one hand, if you're dealing with somebody that just doesn't like to follow the rules, then they could create liability for you. On the other hand, having two people to make sure that things are done right and safely, especially in a a restaurant environment, that could be helpful and maybe reduce liability. It all depends on how you start that relationship from the beginning. And I hope that that makes sense. And I hope that that answers your question because... It's a good question, but there's so many moving parts to that question about, um, you know, where do you go from here? What do you do? What's the decision? What, yes or no? How does it work? Do you take a partner? Do you go, you know, there's so many things that you've got to factor in and consider. And it's, it's hard to kind of keep it all confined to, uh, to something that, that, you know, we can talk about and not spend four hours on. Um, so hopefully that makes sense and it hopefully answers your question. I wouldn't shy away from it, but I wouldn't just jump in with both feet before you fully explore it and do your due diligence. But absolutely can be a wonderful thing or it can be a curse. So it's really up to you and uh, something that you need to investigate. And then don't forget to get those agreements in place before you do anything else. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. I want to thank you, Tony, for submitting your question. We'll be sending you out a a UTL Radio mug. I appreciate it. And I appreciate everybody that uh, follows the show, that's a fan of the show, that submits their questions. We do our best to try to answer every single question that comes in, even if it's not a question that we answer on air. Uh, So I encourage you to continue sending in your questions and comments and feedback. It helps me tremendously be able to provide you with content that you want or need for your business, for your personal life. So, um, you know, keep that feedback coming. Really appreciate it. Don't forget you can find out more information about this show on utlradio.com. You can also subscribe via iTunes to the podcast. We are on Stitcher. We're on uh, uh, Blog Talk Radio. We are on YouTube Live. We're everywhere. And um, we like to sort of reach all of you, whether you are video people or audio people or, or however you like to receive your information. So, uh, you know, we're out there for all of you, but go to utlradio.com. That's where you'll find links to everything and information about upcoming guests, upcoming shows, uh, meetups, and other things that we're doing, some events coming up, and you can, um, you know, figure out which way you want to connect with us. You want to email us, call us, tweet something to us. I'm happy to hear from you in any manner that you want to communicate with me. Smoke signals work too. So I want to thank you. Thanks for tuning in today. And, uh, you know, 
check out some of our, our other episodes because I've said this on, on recent broadcasts. You know, I, this is understanding the law of radio, but it's more than just legal. It's the law of business, the law of success, and yes, the law of law, but it's more than, than just law. It's really to help you succeed. And I really want this to become your success and uh, legal information station where you can come here and you can learn from other people, other successful entrepreneurs that have done what you want to do or what you are doing and ask your questions and get some answers and not be in the dark so that it'll help illuminate your path to success. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Remember that there's power in understanding the law. Thank you.